everyone, and welcome to another episode of Looking for Love in All the Wrong Dust Jackets, a show where three cool friends from college decide to talk to you about all things romance, whether that's in books, movies, TV shows, video games, whatever we like. My name's Liz. I'm Danny. And I'm Wiggles. And this week we're talking about Crazy Rich Asians, the movie, not the book. But before we get into that, we have to do the usual. We got to let you know, warn you, that we are unfiltered and unhinged, meaning we're going to say anything we like, including swearing, talking about the naughty times, all of that stuff. And cheese peeing. I'm sorry, what? I don't know. It just sounded wrong. So I wanted to say it. The cheese peen? Is that what we're doing now? (laughs) I have so many questions, but I don't want any of the answers. (laughs) Correct. Same. Although we have had quite a few books that we've read that have had something to do with cheese. But not in a sexual way. Correct. Most of that attitude. I don't want... Wiggles was sick last week. I think she's still a little delirious. Listen... Shut up. (laughs) Shut up. All right. Let's get us back on track, eh? All right. What have you guys been reading, listening to, watching, doing? Tell me what's up. Okay. Well, while I was sick, I read this uh, romance novel that I picked up at a thrift store. Literally was just like, I don't know. Sure. It's a dollar called The Viking's Bride. It um it read like very nineties and mm. I'm pretty sure that's when it came out. But the premise is that this woman who has uh lost like sixty percent of her family, like her brother died in battle, her dad just got sick, her mom I think died maybe when she was like a kid or something, and so now it's just her and her sister uh running this. Not kingdom. Um, I think it's more like with like a lordship, whatever that would be. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> she cannot run it by herself from the legal standpoint. But they, the everybody in her her little makeshift kingdom, um, fucking loves her. So they're like, nah, it's cool. But her dad did this weird sly like under the table, marrying her off to the the Vikings. Okay. And they have brought someone forward to marry her. She was supposed to marry this guy. uh, I think his name was Marcus. uh, And he like got married to some random peasant girl. So now his brother is there and he is cocky and annoying and condescending. But he does value a warrior, which is what this girl is. And so they have like tension, but also like sexy tension. And there's some sexy butt slapping. <laughs> yes. There's quite a bit of sexy time in this book. Oh my. Um, oh my. Yeah. It, like, it, it, you know, for a dollar, it was great entertainment. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I'm going to leave you with. So, yeah, that's what I read. I got absorbed in a video game, so I have read nothing. That's all right. Video games are also awesome. Um, I read The Wilder Women by Ruth. Emmy Lang, which mm-hmm. is not a romance novel. It is a contemporary fiction about two girls, one, well, not women, sorry, young women. One is 23, one is 18. And they go on a road trip to find their mother who had disappeared five years ago. And the oldest daughter gets premonitions and the younger daughter can like read people's memories by like touching things that they have touched. Hmm. 
So I think I gave it like a, I don't know, I'm wavering between a 3.5 and a 4. It was good, but it wasn't like great. Mm-hmm. It did have like early charmed vibes though. If you take out the rest of the magic and it was just their powers and all of their family like sister dynamics, that's kind of the vibe it gave me. Nice. Okay. Yeah. All right. Who wants to tell us about the movie then? We've we've listened to what we've been doing. Now let's get into the thing. I'll talk about the movie. Talk about Crazy Rich Asians. Crazy Rich Asians. His name is Nick. He's the like prince of this family you know he's the golden child and everything and he's been away at school and everything and he was supposed to return uh to singapore to like take over for his father and everything and and be groomed to take over or whatever and he didn't come home because he fell in love Woo. and his best friend is getting married and so he is going back to be the best man at the wedding and he brings Rachel, his girlfriend, with her, with him. Mm, that would be a very different movie. His family do not love the fact that she is there and that he is with her because she is not a she is a Chinese American. She's not a Chinese born person. And so it's just a lot of and also she's not rich like they are. So it's just a lot of tension between his family and her and everything like that so that's the movie it's true let's dive on into it then yeah do we want to start with our couple because i feel like that's a really great place to start do it nick and rachel yeah i think they're adorable i do love them as a couple i really like them as a couple Obviously, like when we start talking about how the plot unfolds, Nick fumbles the ball quite a bit, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, like starting with the not preparing her for the situation thing. I'm like, Nick, bro. (laughs) And his excuse is, oh, she's from New York. She'll be fine. Right? Well, and she's a college professor. So she lectures millennials for her job. And it's like, okay, but she's not in the type of environment that you're throwing her in. And I think he kind of forgets that that his family can be very toxic i think he kind of you know how absence makes the heart grow fonder he is also the favorite so Mm -hmm. like the toxicity of his family never lands on him yeah because he's he's ama's favorite so yes i really don't understand how he didn't prepare her though like at all or the fact like how did she not know he at least had some money because they've been living in New York for like a year or two now. Mm-hmm. Does she, like, where does he go to work? What does she think he does? Well, she talks about how it was kind of masked for her because he. Uh, she says something along the lines of like, "You borrow um, you my, use Netflix my Netflix password, yeah, and, and like you go to the Y to work out, like what, like things like that are not rich people behavior. He, he has to have a job." Maybe or else he sh- does like a work from home kind of thing. Sure. And so she doesn't even think about it. Mm, Which enough. is entirely or possible. Being a professor actually keeps you pretty busy. So it's all you're seeing is basically like him leaving and saying, I got to go to work. Well, you're going to be don't... like, I got to go to work too. I don't got time to watch your behavior. <laughs> and it was kind of implied that they don't live together. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe she just didn't realize that he was, you know, wasn't going to work and everything. Or he still could be working for his family's company. He just He's just doing it from New York. Yeah. 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 The thing I found weird about him not preparing her is 
it's one thing for us to be like, okay, we're outsiders to the situation. Like, it's weird, right? But mm-hmm. even in in show, characters are like, Nick, what the fuck did right. like? Yeah, his Astrid cousin's like, and his best friend are like, no, why? What are you doing, bro? Like, she can't. I don't, I'm saying bro a lot tonight, and I'm not sure what that's about. But Go also, it. it's fine. also, like this guy uh, is out here just like setting her up for failure, and it's. How could you not get upset by that? Well, and these aren't even just well-off people. These are billionaires. Mm-hmm. Mega richy riches. And so it's like, you can't, you can't just... We don't even think like them. Like, their their day... I, so, like, one of my biggest pet peeves is this thing where people say, like, you have the same 24 hours as Jeff Bezos. It's like, no, I don't. I don't have assistance. I don't have somebody mm-hmm. to drive my car for me. I don't have somebody making my meals for me that's all me that's on mm-hmm. me right and that's just the tip of the iceberg so it's like no they don't they don't even conceive of things the same way we do yeah well and then he just was gonna spring it, it on her on the plane that they were gonna do well and he did they were gonna take first class in the, his like private like suite or whatever yeah like it's like what 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 were you thinking yeah you couldn't be like okay the logical thing, like if you've been hiding it this entire time, and mainly because you just didn't, you don't like how people treat you. Yeah, and I definitely get that. Totally with y'all on that one, bud. But like, if you don't sit her down the night before or something, right. you know, like that is a conversation to not have on a fucking airplane. Well, and thank God for for Picklin because. Otherwise, she would have gone to this party, assuming like we would. Oh, just wear a nice shorter cocktail dress Mm -hmm. that, you know, like costs maybe, I don't know, 50 bucks and you'll be good. Uh, No. No. (laughs) No, no, no. Well, and and, like the other part of it is that maybe she didn't show him the dress that she was going to wear. But if he knew that it was black tie. Right. The Mm -hmm. very least you could do is like let her know about that. Well, and. But you know nothing she has is appropriate for that. Like, Yeah, she doesn't own a dress that costs several thousand dollars. Yeah, so at the very least, be like, hey, when you're going to see Picklin today, maybe go shopping. And here is and my, here's credit, my card. credit card. <laughs> right. Like, again, not that don't want to sound gold diggery. I'm just saying. But like, if you're expecting her to be to show up in these, you know, at this location right with a huge party going on and shit like you gotta be you gotta prepare her for that yeah well i also feel that um if it had not been amanita's actual fucking wedding week um and she found out about this shit she would have been like nick what the fuck are you doing (laughs) like you can't do this to a girl because that girl likes her style (laughs) oh for sure araminta oh i love her oh is that did i say it wrong araminta typical me he calls her minty i'm gonna stick with that (laughs) i We'll say we were shitting on Nick for a little bit there, but God, I do love him. His voice. Oh. I'm like, just talk to me. He is so hot, too. He's I know. So, so hot. And hot. he's lovely. Yes. Like, I'm, yes, he dropped the ball on the whole not telling her thing. But as far as like their relationship and their interactions and everything, fucking love it. Like yes. when she's all upset and everything, he sits down and has the conversation with her. And then when he's trying to cheer her up, He's like, yeah, we can go do this. We can do whatever you want. Let's get away from everybody. Mm-hmm. But we do have to go make dumplings. And she's like, can we eat them? We can eat as many as you want. Okay. <laughs> Which would be my reaction. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm not going to make them if I can't eat them. Yeah. No, fuck that. I'm I mean, t- that's the privilege of being in the kitchen. Right. Yeah. Right? Like the- you got to taste everything to make sure it tastes right. Right. 
Like, are there downsides? Yes. But like the bonus is that I get to eat it whenever I want. And yeah. everyone else has to deal with it. I lick the spoon, bitch. Like, <laughs> I will say I love the opening scene, though, where Nick is stealing Rachel's dessert because it's so cute. But also, like, it does put that twist on the classic, like, woman, I'm not going to order anything. I don't want any fries with that. And then she eats the man's, like, food. Mm. Yeah. I was like, that's nice. I appreciate the little, like, flip on that. Yeah. He's just like, I, I, t- I was just taking a small bite and he ate, like, half of it. Yeah. Well, I like her revenge, too, because she orders another one. And he's like, save me a piece. And she's like, no, he's on the phone. I'm getting as much of this in as possible. Well, I think the movie just did a good job of really showing that this is not a new relationship, which mm-hmm. I appreciate. Yeah. Because so many, like, romance movies and books and stuff is about the, like, getting together. And this one was about the two of them, like, moving to the next step in their mm-hmm. relationship. Yep, yeah, they've been together for over a year. And it's kind of shit or get off the pot kind of thing in his eyes. You know, she's very happy, but in his eyes, it's time to, you know, move things along. Well, how many times have we complained on this podcast alone uh, about how frustrating the, like, foreshortened timelines are? Where you're like, you've literally known this person for three minutes. Could you chill? Right. right. Yeah. I understand the jumping to sex part. That makes oh, sense. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. Jumping to being in love with somebody after a week? What, Negatory ghostwriter. I've watched way too much true crime stuff to jump into something in a week and the whole like we moved in together after three days are you fucking kidding me i made a major life change you just for this person vent. it's like you don't know that fucking person wow. did, did you at least do a background check like fuck yeah man people be crazy and you're just gonna let them into your house yep no i Mm-mm. cannot trust could not be me i've heard the the podcasts and the i've read the books and the mm, people crazy i mean here's the thing not to diverge too far from the movie, but there's also this thing of you also as I, I understand. Okay. I understand the guy's perspective that I get, like I get how they fall quick because there's also this element of, Oh, I found somebody who's pretty and nice to me and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and like now I have somebody to dump all my feelings on because they don't <laughs> you know deal with that themselves amongst them- themselves. But like the woman, what are you doing? <laughs> You have no sense of danger whatsoever. Right? Have you not watched the documentaries? <laughs> Some people haven't. They're just like there for the love. They want their fucking Hallmark movie romance situation. But this is cute. <laughs> this is cute. Yeah, yes. they are fabulous. I love they've been together for over a year at this mm-hmm. point. Because they he was supposed to go home a year ago and he didn't because he had met her mm-hmm. so i think they they were probably like a year and a half into their relationship yeah, at this point it's gotta be more than a year for sure because mm-hmm. who who doesn't go back to their home country and the people that they love for someone they've known for five days yeah well in our romance novels everyone, many people everyone, everyone does. <laughs> this is this is actually how you're supposed to live your life right a guy flirted with me the other day so now we're getting married it is happening <laughs> No. Um, but the one thing I will say that other than Nick being neglectful about preparing her for the situation that it didn't totally love about them was seemed like the communication was happening after the fact. And so wouldn't you have once once you realize like, oh, I don't have the right dress for this event called your boyfriend and been like, hey, so I'm going to be running a little bit late or like uh, somebody leaves a dead fish in my bed. Bro, you need to you need to get your family in order. <laughs> like this, 
this is a disaster. <laughs> I I can understand holding off on the dead fish because she knew he was at the bachelor party. Mm-hmm. So she might not want to ruin his day or his night. Obviously, it's a it's a big fucking deal, but Mm-hmm. Well, and she didn't want to make a big deal about it at the time because they're also on an island when that happens. They're on an island resort that Araminta's yeah. mother owns. And so she is trying not to give the bitches the... Um, satisfaction. Thank you. My brain is not working very well today. Um, the satisfaction of knowing that they got to her right. or even that she took it any notice. And so that's why she just buries it and move on. moves on. Thankfully, Nick's cousin was there. And I love her immensely. Astrid is great. Astrid's amazing. Well, since we mentioned Astrid, should we talk about Astrid? Yeah. Because I have deep abiding love for Astrid. Yeah. Yes. She's so pretty. She's so pretty. I just like to stare at her. She's ungodly pretty. Like It's it's one of those things where I'm like, are you real life? Like, if I poke you, are you just like a hologram? Like, what (laughs) are you dealing with here? She's so pretty. And then she's so pretty inside, too. Yeah. Like, she's an amazing person. I love the, like... Their introduction to her is her like going into this jewelry store and like dropping millions on this pair of earrings. But before she even does that, like she talks to the little girl and tells her how cute the like bow on her bunny is and everything. And I'm like, oh my God, I love her already. Yeah, she's great. And I mean, obviously her story is a little sad with with her husband, but. But it's also empowering. Oh, oh very yeah, much is. so. She has, like, one of my favorite lines in that entire movie. Oh, yeah? Which one? When she she's saying that she's moving out and everything, he's like, where would you go? And she's she said about, well, I own 17 apartment buildings. I suppose I'll go to, there and go to them. And she says something about, it wasn't my job to make you feel like a man. I can't make you into something you're not. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yep, yep, yep. And I was like, oh, shots fired, Astrid, and I love it. I just love that throughout the entire movie she is supporting michael is michael her husband Mm -hmm. michael and constantly showing that you know she doesn't see the difference in their their finances because he is not a richie rich Mm -hmm. as like anything that matters she's she offers to work for him at his startup at one point Mm -hmm. and like she's just constantly saying like how much she loves him and cares for him and doesn't see their differences as anything important. And yet he fucks it all up because he's cheating on her. Well, yeah. Well, you know, I've now watched it a few times and the conclusion that I've come to is that Michael was always a little bit emotionally abusive. Yeah. Like, you you shouldn't... Does he ever ask her to dim her light officially? No, but, like, he encourages it, right? He, yeah. He he shows discomfort at her success, so she hides it, right? right? And, like, that's, that's just never going to be healthy and okay. Well, and he acts like she has all this money only because of her family, and that isn't the case. Like, she, she runs several different things herself, and then she also, I think she runs several nonprofits and everything, too. Like, yeah. she is not just resting on her family's money. And is doing the bulk of the work raising their son. Exactly. Right. I mean, yes, they clearly have nannies. <laughs> oh, yeah, they have nannies, they have maids and everything. But like, one of my favorite moments for her is he comes home and she's laying in bed with her son, reading him a book in French, and she's just in jams. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. she's in jammies and she's comfortable, like, cuddling with her son, reading him a book. And I'm like, see, that I love that. You look so cute and even prettier right now. 
Yeah. I guess I get the, you know, the, the this classic storyline of, of a man feeling, I guess, emasculated because the woman has – doesn't need him, mm-hmm. which is a real thing in the mm. real world. There are oh. plenty of men that feel that way. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's just like, dude – you didn't have to do anything. You could have just said, like, I'm I'm your fucking trophy husband and call it a day. Right? Like, why is that such a negative thing for right. you? Because, like, I don't know. That That's always been something that's a little bit confusing for me. It's like, you, you, would you want to bitch and moan about having to work? That's a choice. Right? Or I'm rest not- on your fucking laurels and pursue something you're actually interested in because she'll bankroll that shit for you. For real. Right? He could have just worked on nonprofits with her mm-hmm. and like yeah. he could have still done a lot of stuff but he didn't have to actually work right well and if you wanted to i'm not gonna lie like i know the whole like stay-at-home mom thing like freaks people out if we had that kind of money yeah you're not really like doing anything at home yeah Your nannies like, and maids do it. i'll i'll you know have my charities that i do and everything yeah. and then the rest of the time hang with the kid cool great we have nannies and shit still well, do your shit I, I see here's the thing do I would I want to be a stay-at-home mom no because that's still a lot of fucking work yeah. oh yeah but I no will, I but... would be a kept woman for sure oh for sure like oh, you're gonna yeah. take care of me you're gonna provide everything I could possibly fucking need I would do it I bet would I will find things to do that contract yeah right? oh yeah there's so many things to do you could create this podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know exactly <laughs> we are not made women that's this is exhausting sometimes no no one keeps me i i keep me yeah same (laughs) and i don't do a good job of it it depends on the day for me have i actually eaten today couldn't tell you honestly do do you want a snack no i'm i'm good i forget often if i eat i would love to say i'm not guilty of that but Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about Astrid, who's an amazing side character, but my favorite side character, and just my favorite character, is Picklin. So Pickling is honestly really important, I think, to the plot of the show because while there's a lot of like humorous moments, it's not really funny for a lot of it until she shows up. There are moments where it's like, oh, it's kind of funny. They got on the plane and she didn't know they were going to be in first class, right? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really have the the punch that having someone come in who is a little bit zanier and has the ability to not um, conform to everything that's going on adds uh, to the show. Like Oliver also provides this yes. a little bit because the entire time Rachel has to do her best to fit in. Does she succeed? Not really, but it's still, she's trying Mm -hmm. and those two by their nature do not fit in and it's okay because they don't have to really work. I think the thing I like about that though is they weren't just brought in for comedic relief. They also further the plot along. Very much so. Like Rachel really still doesn't understand once they've landed and everything, Right. the extent of his family's wealth and everything until she goes to visit her college roommate, which is Picklin, and her entire family about loses their shit when she realizes Mm -hmm. that, when they realize that she's going to this particular wedding and that she's dating Nick. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, like, he still, again, dropped the ball, he still didn't really communicate, like, to the extent of their, his family's wealth and everything. But it also is a nice thing that she then has a friend to fall back mm-hmm. on 
which is very important. You know, she needs, she has her people even there. I think it would have been a different story if she didn't have somebody there. Mm -hmm. Um, Then it all suddenly becomes a lot more scary, right? Especially after the, the plot unfolds of the, you know, basically outing her for not being forthcoming about who her father really was and that kind of stuff. Like, she wouldn't have anywhere to go. Right. Mm -hmm. You know? And so then it stops being a comedy and starts being a drama because you're, like, trapped Mm -hmm. in the house with the people who were truly cruel to you. And trying to run away from a relationship that you're not really sure you want to be a part of anymore. She still loves him and everything, but his family just did this horrible thing to you and basically informed you that, you know – your father was not your father and all of this and everything because she didn't she legit didn't know that her father didn't die in china right well and you know we could have they could have once again used like astrid for that Mm -hmm. right so it could have been that astrid comes to the rescue but astrid's dealing with her own shit yeah astrid um has a full-on story arc on top of all of this so Astrid could have been in that position, but I like Picklin a lot because it brings in the the relief in the show. Because if she goes to Astrid for help, it's like you said, it's just a continuous drama. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's somebody that's not connected to their family yeah. at all. So that is really important to her. Him. Right. Well, you know, I just think about even if that was to happen in a different state here in Mm -hmm. the United States, right? Like that's, that's a really scary situation to be in. Mm -hmm. If you don't have your own mode of transportation, you don't have your own purely independent out, which is something that shitty as it is, as women, we like always have to be thinking about like, do I have a way to get out of the situation if I have to? Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, the second that like that she's just chilling at their house and like, you don't, they don't really imply that she has an out of the country until like their tickets come up to go home. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, that would be terrifying to me. I would want to run away immediately. And if you can't, like, I'm really glad that she did have, you know, Picklin and Picklin's family who very lovingly taking care of her and everything. How sweet is it when her twin sisters like, Come and bring her food and, you know, here's your dinner, Rachel. Like they just – and it's her parents encouraging them to Mm -hmm. do that because they're trying to do their best to help her in a situation. Right. Well, and that is the correct manipulation tactic. If an adult brings me food and I don't want to eat, my answer is fuck off. If two little adorable toddlers bring me food and say, we want you to eat, I'm going to be like, fine. You know, I'll make it happen (laughs) for the babies. But they're adorable throughout the entire movie. Like, oh, yeah. One of right. my f- favorite things that happens is uh, they're not eating. And <laughs> the dad is like, you see her? She's from America. Do you want to be like her? Do you want to be skinny? <laughs> there are starving <laughs> children in America. And they're like, I better eat these chicken nuggets. Yeah, nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, God, that was funny. Oh, and, and her also, brother. Like, the reverse thing, uh, you know, like hitting Americans right where they've been hit, trying to hit other people you mm-hmm. know they're, they're starving children in whatever country right i loved that reversal god her brother cracks me up too <laughs> he's he's just riding that line of like every, like i'm like this is a creepy guy and also he's kind of he's funny. kind of endearing right like, like, he's he never takes it to a super weird level like to an inappropriate i mean I it's, 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 it's it very much hedges on the edge of it and you're like hmm 
Like they, when her mom and her, yeah. when he like takes a picture of them and she's like, how long, how long have you been, have been, been there? there? Just a little while. And they just start laughing. And I'm like, I would be a little creeped out, but it was really funny. It yeah. was funny. <laughs> um, I have decided I need a, an entire movie about Picklin and Oliver, though. Just them going on their adventures. Oh, they'd be amazing. Mm, yeah. I would also watch an entire movie about either or of the mothers. Like, they oh, yeah. are oh, so yeah. fascinated in this movie. And it's one of my favorite aspects of it in general. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you have, like, the contrast between Nick's mom and Rachel's mom and then the grandma and what she's done to the family. There's just... This movie feels very much like a celebration of mothers, mm-hmm. even if as it shows moments where they don't do the best thing. Well, and I kind of like the like flip reverse of at first they kind of are showing Eleanor, Nick's mom, as being a total bitch. Mm-hmm. And then and that Ama, um, his grandmother, is, you know, a sweet, wonderful, oh, you have a lucky nose, you know, kind of person. Mm-hmm. And then it ends up kind of being that it flips that Ama is actually kind of the super judgmental, not nice one in the situation because she's like flat out forbidding him to even to marry her, whatever, be with her or to follow her even when she's upset at what they've done. And it's Nick's mother who comes around because she speaks to Rachel. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, this is very much, a moment where there's a generational trauma factor happening because mm-hmm. what we find out with the story of the ring is that Ahmad did not approve and the way that she twists it mm-hmm. in that moment you think that oh she's going to say it took me a while to convince the family that I'm going to fit it will take you a while but it's worth trying that's what you think is going to happen mm-hmm. and instead she just takes the knife puts it in twists it and says and I know that you are not right for this family. And you're like, wow, Th- that whole scene is devastating. Oh, yeah. You know, it kind of brings into play, though, that concept of like, and you see it in everything of like, you didn't have to go through what I went through. So you are not going to be worthy. Like I had to right. suffer. So you have to suffer. Yes. Yeah. And it's interesting that she kind of knocks Rachel for her American values, which are also poor values like yeah there's a moment where like she's like that's a very american of you and it's like it's also just very not wealthy of right. her yeah because she talks about how her mother has become this like self-made real estate agent mm-hmm. and uh in america that's a that's a, like if especially if you don't have wealth that's an amazing thing that's mm-hmm. like yeah very celebrated but when you're old money you are not going to celebrate somebody rising through the ranks. You value the tradition mm-hmm. of more old money. Well, and I think that's one of the things that I found super relatable about this movie. Not that I have money or old money or anything like that, but the idea that like these super rich families from old money, because you see that throughout the world. Like I kept thinking of like old American South kind of Mm -hmm. vibe uh with the family so really related to that and also i just really related to the the concept of the big family that you have to get in with and all of the cousins who all have their own like fucking things going on and some are great and some are fuck-ups and uh just the family dynamics were interesting 
Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Well, and I just, I end up really liking Eleanor. I mean, she's, she's bitchy through most of it. I do, you know, but like even the first scene in the movie where they go into the hotel room and they're discriminated against mm-hmm. at this very, very, I believe it's called the Colthorpe. It's, it's a very beautiful old money hotel, you know, and they're discriminated against and they won't even let them make a phone call and it's pouring rain outside. And so she goes out and makes a phone call in a um, phone booth and then walks back in and they're about to yell at her. And then down comes the owner of this hotel and he's like, oh, say hello to our new lady of the health. We, I just sold the, the hotel. Like it was such a badass moment. I'm like, oh, Eleanor. She must have paid. Oh, I know. That's my first thought is like, how much money did you have to give him to give up his like family's hotel? And the hotel he lives in, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. But, and I do love that moment. And I also hate that moment. You know what I mean? Because it's Mm -hmm. like, from the perspective of people who are being mistreated, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. From the perspective of, God, rich people can get whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. So yeah, and well, and that, that's kind of the dichotomy of Eleanor throughout this entire thing, where she is simultaneously someone you want to root for and somebody that you're like, could you quit being such a fucking bitch? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's it's so complicated because she is so powerful and uses that power in such a cruel way, but at the same time, there's a vulnerability to all of this because at, for her. Nick is her only child mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he has been kept away by this woman. Wouldn't you want your son to be marrying somebody closer to home? Oh no. Like that makes total sense. Obviously like I would hope that if I had kids, which I'm not going to, but like if I did, I would never do that to them, but I could understand her perspective there, especially after already giving him up to be raised by Amma. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, he didn't even live in their house growing up. He lived with his grandmother. And it's like, like, I feel for her on so many levels. And at the same time, I'm like, but just because it was hard for you doesn't mean you need to make it hard for somebody else. Yeah, but that's how a lot of people think. That's true. I also think that there is another element that this there's Nick contributes to the problem because this is the first that his mother is hearing about Rachel. Right. Yeah. And there's a big difference between knowing that your son has been seriously dating somebody for a year plus and knowing that your son just brought some random person back with them. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do anything to prepare Eleanor or Rachel. And it, there is some responsibility that is not Eleanor's to bear there. Oh, for sure. Correct. Yeah. Like he definitely should have been more upfront about it but i also understand that his family is so in his fucking life that like maybe he wanted to keep something for himself i understand that want but you also can't like clothesline your fucking mother with hi this is a person that i've been dating for this fucking long now this is the first time you're ever hearing her name and i'm gonna propose to her like that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. bud like (laughs) levels would it have been that hard to like write an email occasionally be like oh i met this girl Oh, I'm date. I'm still. We're still dating. You like we're we're very happy. You know, check in occasionally. Well, I I also think it's interesting that 
she wouldn't have known until Rachel showed up on her doorstep if it weren't for that whole like Singapore contact right. line. Radio One Asia happening. is what he called it. Yeah. Radio One Asia. <laughs> Which was a really funny and fun sequence to watch. I it was, say. yeah. They had two, realistically, this movie's kind of odd because it had like these two cold opens mm-hmm. where it was like, first we have Eleanor at the hotel mm-hmm. and then we get a brief encounter with nick and and rachel and then we get this like second opening that is introducing them to all the characters that you're about to watch for the next couple hours Mm -hmm. which is interesting because you know i i can't place something off the top of my head that that has done that yeah no i I really liked that opening It, it cracks me up one because i i really like the realisticness of like Okay, her he said her name is Rachel Chu, but how do you spell it? Like they're they're yeah. like trying to find her and everything, mm-hmm. and they can't find her at first because one, she's not like super in social media. She's a teacher. I probably wouldn't be the, either. Mm-hmm. But also the reality of like people's last names are spelled weird and different, and there's eighteen ways to spell this. Like how is it? And the Americanized element. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know, like even my name it's not spelt different but it's pronounced different mm-hmm. um there's a hundred thousand different ways to spell names especially in the u.s because people came over and were like oh i'll just change it slightly and it will be less immigranty which mm-hmm. is like a really interesting choice when you think about it because it's like that did not that's not how that works yeah, like, it's not- <laughs> i will also say one of the things I like about Eleanor is that she is somebody who recognizes when she is wrong. Like, does she come to that conclusion slowly? Yes. Yeah. But no one else in that show took any responsibility. No. For their actions, except for Eleanor, Rachel's mom, I can't think of her name off the top of my head, and, and Rachel. Mm-hmm. Everybody else was like, hmm, I'm not going to really acknowledge my part to play in this. Um, we see it from Michael. We see it from Nick. We even see it from Pickling because, like, honestly, she just was going with the flow on everything right. mm-hmm. and didn't really stop to go, oh, maybe Rachel needs more than a five second catch up to figure out what's going on. I should be a good friend. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of not recognizing the moment that you you could have done better. I will say the one like redeeming factor on Nick on far as like understanding what she needs and what needs to happen is he brought her mother. That is true. To Singapore. The whole thing went down and he must have contacted her almost immediately. Oh, I'm sure. I do appreciate that Nick doesn't do what a lot of we see in romance books and movies, which is the badgering of like, talk to me. Hey, pay attention to me. I'm waiting outside with flowers, blah, 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 blah. He's like... I get it. Here's your mom. I'll be here. Yeah. And it's like, like, that's correct. He does make the effort to reach out. Right. Yeah. But he does not badger. And he, like I said, he must have contacted her mother almost immediately because they were, they live in New York. So it would have been. It's like a 16 hour. 16, 17, 18 hour flight. flight. Right. Yeah, well, and that also leads to, honestly, one of my favorite movie moments in the entire movie, which is the the hard conversation that is had between Rachel and her mother about who actually is her father. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and why did you lie to me for, I don't, how old is Rachel? She's like late 20s? 
something late 20s like and 27 yeah, so like <laughs> almost 30 years of my life yeah mm-hmm. you've been lying to me about this and then it's like the reason is so heart-wrenching mm-hmm. it's just a really strong healthy conversation and i like that it wasn't one of those things where she her reaction was to then go yeah well you should have told me right it was that's hard and I recognize that that's hard. Am I comfortable with it yet? No. But like, also, you did the best you could in that situation. Well, and also, I understand why you would have made it out in the way that you did. You didn't right. want me to know that one, she became, she is the product of cheating. But two, that her her mother's husband was abusing her. And that's why she ended up cheating on him. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think there's even a point where Rachel says to her mother, like, I'm sorry, or not like in a in apologetic way, but just that like, I'm sorry, you had to go through that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a lot of understanding. And I think that one of my favorite things about this movie, because it's based on a book, right? Yes. It's actually on my TBR. I'm really excited to read it. And it, and it feels like that because there everybody has a story. Mm-hmm. Nobody is is missing some aspect of their character, it feels like. A lot of depth. Well, and I don't know how much um, the actors put into like the prep, but it very much felt like they all knew who they were. Yeah. There yeah. wasn't anybody who felt like they were just a hollow person who, who was just there for, to be a plot device. Well, even Amanda, who is there to be a plot device, next mm-hmm. ex-girlfriend, mm-hmm. you you got it. You got her whole character. Oh, yeah. Well, you get her so quick because she's yeah. also part of that that chat uh, sequence, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and this girl's manipulating this thing. Like, she's right. like, give me the details right now. I need to know what my ex is doing. <laughs> right. And you're like, oh. Well, and she's so sneaky fucking about it. Rachel gets to the bachelorette party and then like Amanda tries to like buddy buddy her and then she pulls the digs in and shit and it's like, oh, you're a cunt. Well, you know what's interesting is the first time I watched it, uh, she was disguised enough by the way her hair and makeup was done that I didn't recognize her when she shows up again at the bachelorette party. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't either. And so I did not put the two of them together until you know after i completed it and so it was a nice sharp surprise of when she when she does turn on her Mm because you think like you know rachel she's just this charmer she's winning everybody over left and right this is Mm. gonna be another one of her friends yeah and nope (laughs) and uh, while i love araminta she's so distracted that she doesn't really notice what's happening because I, she's not okay. She would not be okay with that happening and everything. Mm-hmm. But she's so distracted. Well, it's her wedding week. It's right, her yeah. wedding. Yeah, it's her wedding week and the bachelorette party and like she's got yeah. so much going on. She just doesn't notice that that's what's happening. Yeah. Well, and I think that, I think that there's still a lot of potential for Rachel, and her to be uh, friends in the future. Like, mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like that was injured by her being distracted, you know? No. no. It came across very much as, like, she's just busy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she's super excited when Rachel comes back. And yeah. Absolutely. Well, and and uh, Rachel and um, Astrid have that conversation. She said, why, why would Araminta even be friends with them? So she knows Araminta's not part of this, and and Astrid says, you know, when you grow up with the with some people, you 
end up making a lot of excuses for them. Which is true Very in true. every culture. Yes. Right? Like, I, there are people that I know that have done some dumbass shit, but it's like, they're the people I grew up with, like just like mm-hmm. that, you know? Or, even worse yet, if they're family, it's mm-hmm. like... Well, and because of the circles they run in, too, sometimes people have to be in your life because that's who who's in your social circle and Mm -hmm. for them that's super important like for me fucking my social circle is who i want but when you're talking about money and business and all that shit it's a different ball game my social circles you bitches (laughs) or a triangle i was gonna say we don't make no circle (laughs) (laughs) no that's when your husband's here too yeah he balances it out (laughs) fair enough the the one thing i will say against um some of that is it's clear that people know what the story is with amanda Mm -hmm. she would have known she's inviting her to this bachelorette party yeah right and like the that there maybe she should like give rachel just a heads up nick's ex is gonna be here yeah (laughs) she should have you know like it would be one thing if we didn't have that sequence at the beginning where it's like everybody's like right like but like she's part of that channel (laughs) well is she i don't remember her being in that sequence because she knew who rachel was before yeah anybody else did part of it i Uh, guess i mean like if it's coming to astrid they're all in the same social circle you know yeah i do want to say one thing that annoyed me was the fact that Rachel just fit into all of Picklin's clothes. It's such a tiny little thing and it's movie magic, but I'm just like, no, you don't just get to wear your friend's clothes and they fit amazing. That isn't how that works. I think it does if you're rich. I mean... How does that change anything? Rich people, like, they they have fucking tailors. <laughs> they, right, like, that makes it worse though, because then the clothes are specifically made to fit one person. Yeah. Uh, well, but she, I, there's also the possibility that they, they could bring somebody in that moment to make it fit her. Because, mm. like, when Ollie comes in to do the big, you know, movie magic makeover scene for the for the uh, wedding, he just brings a shit ton of people in with him. No, that one I understood. That one yeah. made sense. Oliver has people on, like, speed dial for that. Oh, yeah. I have to say, though, too, I, as far as, like, makeover sequences go... That one was pretty fun. Yeah, um, it was. You know, a lot of them you go, ugh, uh, I don't need to see you try on 10 dresses. Like, it's not, it's not a thing. The, like, I would say it's probably in my top 10 of montages. Um, the the best, obviously, has to be Miss Congeniality. That's, right. That's oh, the number one. Right. Duh. But I do, uh, I, I think a fairly close second is all the bridesmaids' dresses and 27 dresses. <laughs> that's just hilarious. <laughs> um, well, they did give her a good selection, so I didn't feel like it was just like them goofing around. It was like, oh, some of those seem like believable dresses. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then they there, all had comments. <laughs> then there's some of them that it's like what, the one that was like the, the hands, 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 on, hands on the boobs. It's like, really holding you up, this? and I'm like, why would you? Why would you do this? Other than the hands, it was actually a really pretty dress. Right. Yes. So why why would you want like hands on the hands on the titties? You know, it just encourages the wrong behavior. It does. <laughs> That's all. People don't need to touch them. Thank you. The The show is free. Okay. If you want to touch them, that costs so much more. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Look 
Lucky oh no touching. And then Picklin's dad just continuously running in, trying to like have that blue dress. Like, have her try on this one. Have her try. Like, which is not a wedding appropriate dress no, it in wasn't. any way. It looks like shaper. a fucking a homecoming dress or something like that. Uh, I actually thought of like a figure skating. Actually, it was yeah. so ugly uh, too, because it was also like you like that is not the right color for no. her. Mm. <laughs> And so it was the the aggressiveness of it too was funny because then they're like, could you literally just not be right just, here? Just and go. the whole time I was like, okay, this is a funny sequence, but like, why are you there? Well, then he's making out with his, his wife, wife, yeah, on the chase, which was adorable though. I was like, oh, yeah, that's very sweet. Cute. And then the twins are there just randomly being like, hey, we're cute, and we're like, yes, you are. Yes, you can you be are. in every scene. You're so cute. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) and then she ends up oh god that dress was gorgeous on her Mm. it was i didn't really like the dress i mean she was beautiful but i think she could have worn you know fucking burlap sack and been beautiful it's true i my only thing with that is i don't think it was actually a very appropriate color for a wedding because it was too close to white yeah such a light blue Mm -hmm. well and so one of the running gags throughout this show is that blue and white are for funerals and oh, so there's yeah. also that element too, yeah. where you're like, which also is, I don't know if you guys caught this, but I, I caught it and I thought it was hilarious that like, so we, first time we see that is like, they're shopping for dresses and her mom is like, no, 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 blue and white are for funerals. And it's got blue and white stripes. Yep. And then what is fucking Astrid wearing as they bury the fucking fish? Blue and white striped top. Is she? Yeah, she is. <laughs> I think that's really there more to like symbolize the death of her marriage because she owns up right. to the fact that she thinks that Michael's cheating. Yeah. But the fact that she's burying the fish in it was just too <laughs> funny for me. I was like that. That's my kind of humor. I like those like things that are like you have to just be like aware enough that it's going to sneak up on you. <laughs> <laughs> I also love in that moment that they don't get any of the like people that are working at their resort to help them clean up the fish. They mm-hmm. do it themselves, which is totally a, you know, it's a it's a poor thing to do. Um, so I get Rachel doing it, and Astrid's just like, okay, I guess, I guess we're, we're doing taking this. Care of this fish. <laughs> it's not what I had on my agenda today, but like, okay. Well, yeah, but also- she was not upset about not having to like partake in the rest of the right. bachelorette party. She didn't want to go in the first place. So it's just an excuse for her to not interact with the rest of the girls. Like, I'll bury a fish, which I get. I will bury a dead fish over a lot of social interactions. Same. Astrid was definitely giving introvert throughout the entire movie. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Well, and that would be really hard being an introvert and growing up in that kind of environment. Where all eyes are on you. Constantly. You always have to be on. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, God. I hate hate it so much. No. I I mean – there are even some days in my very humdrum, boring life where I'm like, people are paying way too much attention to me and I need you to stop. If you could stop perceiving all of this, that would be f- fucking fantastic. Correct. Uh, just let me walk through this goddamn Walmart unnoticed. Thank you. <laughs> there are times in my own house. I'm like, there are too many people here. And there's one. <laughs> there's one other person. <laughs> I'm like, I love you, but can you just like look at a different thing real quick? <laughs> I do want to point out like one thing that I just love as a poor, as somebody who grew up as a poor. <laughs> Keep saying it that poppers. way. Look, listen, 
Anyway, uh, I loved the, the that kind of like iconic moment when Rachel got to stick it to the rich person at the end. Oh, with I the love Mahjong that game. scene. Well, and that Mahjong game is like very nuanced. There's a lot of it that we are missing as people who uh, who aren't from that culture. But like the big thing is that Rachel, what that moment where we see Rachel like put it in her hand and then take it back out and put it back on the table. That is very symbolic of her saying, this is in your hands, because she could have won with a much better hand than what Eleanor wins with. I don't know how what the difference in points is, but I watched a TikTok where someone broke it down. And that's what they said, that basically she had like the equivalent of in poker having all four aces mm-hmm. and her, you know, Eleanor had a straight. So, uh... A royal flush, if you will, versus just a normal straight. That's a better metaphor. Probably, I think. I don't know. I don't understand <laughs> Mahjong other than playing it on my computer. Um, <laughs> which is just matching. <laughs> anyway. Um, but it was really, really uh, this huge moment. And I think that they did a really good job of conveying that even if you weren't from that culture, even if you'd never played Mahjong before, that you yeah. you understood that this is so much more than a game. Mm-hmm. And especially because they take the time to set up how Rachel approaches her economics class and mm-hmm. showing that if you are coming from a place of lack, you are constantly going to be defensive of what you have. Yeah. Right. And so when she turns around and, and actively makes the choice to leave her cards on the table, essentially, mm-hmm. um, that's a really big moment that says way more than her words ever could mm-hmm. that That's reveal of her throwing those tiles down yep. and by the way how perfectly it just sinks down i that Gosh. can't get over that every time i'm like <gasps> like i so want to set because they look really fun to touch yeah like it's a sensory thing for sure me. I don't know why, but I want to like squish them. I know they don't squish, but they I want to try. Squish. They no. don't squish. I, I They're very the much like dominoes in that way. Try. They look like jello, and I want to poke it. <laughs> they make very lovely clinky noises that I get very happy about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also love that just in that scene, it shows real love, right? Because Rachel is willing up to get willing to like give up any happiness she would have with Nick up so that he didn't have to lose his family. Yeah, he he doesn't have to choose between her and his family, so she doesn't give him that choice. Mm -hmm. She takes herself out of the equation. Right. Well, and what she... You can see the way it is... The cogs are turning for Eleanor as that Mm -hmm. conversation is playing out. But I think the biggest punch to the gut isn't even when she, you know, throws down her tiles and shows that... I could win this game, not just the one in front of us, but the game for who Nick ends up with if I wanted to. Yes. Right? Like, she's like, he's proposed, and I said no for you, but I could say yes at any point and win this game. Mm -hmm. Right? And as powerful as that is, I think the moment where her, she goes to meet up with her mother and her mother Mm -hmm. gives her that stare back Mm -hmm. is this, it's, it feels very much like, just so you know, this is what a real mother does. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other thing is, I think it was in that moment that Eleanor is realizing that she is ama in that situation. Mm-hmm. She went through this. She is realizing that she doesn't want to be like that for her son. Mm-hmm. Well, and also maybe that 
have allowing her son to be happy and have his own happiness is more important than mm-hmm. all of the other shit she's been worried about. Yep, exactly. Well, and and even just in how she wants her her you know potential future grandkids mm-hmm. to look at her, mm-hmm. that whether or not she was successful or not in enduring Nick's grandmother to him, there is almost an element of, uh, while there is respect and reverence and love for his Amma, there is a level of, she kept me from mom. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? Um, And I think that she's sort of having this realization of, I've played every part of this wrong. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even try the approach of really trying to get to know her. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and the other thing is, is I think she sits down and really has the realization of, do I want the same kind of relationship with my daughter-in-law that I have had with Ama? Mm-hmm. Do I want that as, as to, do I want the family to continue the way they are? Because right. it's most certainly not perfect. Well, you know, obviously the ideal situation is that Nick would marry somebody who is from Singapore also of their same wealth class mm-hmm. um, is completely appropriate, prim and popper and perfect. All those things. And there's also got to be a moment where she realizes that person doesn't exist. Correct. Like, cause they've shown all of the flaws of everybody in their group. Mm-hmm. Like right. that. I really appreciate that in this movie. Like they show the good and the bad of all of these people. Right. His cousins are, you know, kind of useless in some ways and everything. And like his his one cousin is like a big financial guy. He's married. He has kids. His wife and him fucking hate each other. Mm-hmm. Like in every instance that they that allows, she basically tells him to go fuck himself. Yeah. Well, I think that's too part of why Ama is so like there is no wiggle room when they find out rachel's father's origins right Mm -hmm. is nick's the like not just the one that she wants to leave everything to he's the only appropriate choice yep yeah it's that or astrid and astrid is you know astrid's gonna turn around and give it to nick right and she knows it yeah astrid doesn't need any (laughs) more she's got enough on her plate talking about like what the ideal wife as far as eleanor um considers what do you think happens after Nick and Rachel get married? Do they move to Singapore? See, that's the part of this that almost feels like it's not quite a happy ending. Because what right. does, what, okay, she goes back and, you know, celebrates her engagement. Mm-hmm. There's a beautiful moment of him giving her uh, his mother's ring. Yes. Right? And that's so powerful because it tells her, like, in without saying a single fucking word, that Eleanor approves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of a callous way to put it, but like also. That you, ring is stunning, but it would drive me insane. I can never it's wear huge. something. It get caught on everything. But, you know, when you're rich, you don't have to be practical. You don't have to change your, you know, own oil or tire or. It would get caught on my own fucking clothes when I went to the bathroom. Oh okay. God, that ring my, is that big. My fucking hair. Oh, God. You'd rip most of your hair out. My hair already attacks everything. <laughs> Whenever I see those girls that have those gigantic rings, I'm like, okay, but doesn't doesn't your hand get weighed down? Okay, to be fair, <laughs> I actually have a very large um, amethyst ring that my parents gave me, uh-huh. and it it doesn't really get caught on everything, thankfully. 
but it's also square shaped and I feel like the shape of of Eleanor's ring would also drive me insane. It's also got big like stones on either side of the very large emerald. You know, fun fact about that ring, um, that is actually Michelle Yeoh's personal um, jewelry. They they were having a hard time finding something that was appropriate. And she said, I've got this. um, And that's what they ended up going with. How did they have a hard time finding an appropriate ring? I think, well, it was, it had to be distinct, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, So it it can't be your classic diamond diamond situation. And it also had to be something where the size would be impressive, but not oppressive. Um, And it like, and I think it also had to be something that felt like Eleanor would want it. Sure. Yes. You know, and like, I think that maybe they were coming up against that. Eleanor is sleek and classic and a Mm -hmm. lot of those things. It's the fight between, yeah, it's the fight between classy and gaudy because it Um, is fine line. Yes. And I'm, and I think that Michelle Yeoh, um, if I'm remembering right, because I read this a while back, but I think that she also had a lot of influence over her costume choices and things like that. Oh, I would believe it. So I think it wasn't just the ring, but like that was one of the things that was like just like from her personal collection. Hmm. The costumes in this are just stunning. They're gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing we haven't talked about is that fucking wedding. Oh my god, Araminta's wedding dress alone. Oh my gosh. The only thing I didn't like is whatever they put on her feet, it gave her, it like looked weirdly kind of like scaly. Um, oh, yeah. See, and I loved those. Oh, I did not like that. I liked literally everything else about it. But that, can you imagine making an entrance that fucking dramatic? Like when the water started flowing, I was like, uh, speechless is, is what I was like. <laughs> I could not get past it. And the fucking lights. I was like, it was a full theatrical. Oh, yeah, it was. It was all of the things. <laughs> yeah. And I, I do. I also thought it was fucking hilarious that the she's got this like gorgeous dress. Right. And she's dragging it through the water. Right. Yeah. So then she has to change for the reception. And she decides, you know what? This reception should be 1920s. I know. Flapper <laughs> dress. I mean, she looked gorgeous, but because yeah. she's gorgeous, but flapper dress really i mean yeah it, you do you boo if that's what you want but yeah. that might have something more to do with singapore culture that we don't know yeah True. it might it might be something that we're like totally oblivious to but it just seemed like such a weird transition although you know i think like people do that here oh yeah people have yeah. their people do ceremony the and reception things. dresses well, well, no, I mean, like, they do, like, a 1920s themed mm-hmm. party where everybody has to come dressed in 1920s themed things. And I'm like, you know what? If I show up to your wedding with a present, be grateful. <laughs> I'm so sick of weddings. <laughs> but also, the other part of that is obviously the moment where you get to see, like, you know, it's supposed to be about the couple that's getting married and them looking at each other and they have the classic look back at the groom and he's seeing her and the eyes are like dull eyed, right? right? Uh, but then you get Nick act- almost like looking at Rachel as if it's their wedding. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's gorgeous. And it's I do love that. my heart. <laughs> Not- There is a couple of things about the wedding that I would love to talk about, Um, one of which being that his family snubs her, Mm -hmm. and she ends up sitting in with the princess, Mm -hmm. 
uh, because she talks about an e- economics article that the princess wrote and everything and like her family his family are like pissed because she ends up being like mm-hmm. in front of them sitting with this person that they're not allowed to sit with right and it's i love that and then also the power move of astrid showing up with ama because she confronts michael on the way to the wedding mm-hmm. and he gets out of the car and leaves well what a dick move from him though because she's like can we just get through today and then deal with it and he's like are you kidding me we're not even gonna talk about this but like that's what you would do you want to yeah, have a fucking would... fight at the wedding or something yeah like that is not the time and place no. like you need to have that conversation in a calmer time period and yeah you would grin and bear it and go to the wedding yeah that has nothing to do with what social circle whatever you're in that's just like what you would do i would right. do it it would suck and i probably would be like towards in like during the reception i probably would grab you bitches and be like so this shit happened you know but like it's a you'd grin and bear it during the ceremony and everything because it's important to somebody that you love right well there's uh, even if he fucking hates her like you understand that in any social circle if randomly your husband doesn't show up with you to the fucking wedding Mm -hmm. right that's gonna draw eyes there's no avoiding it there's no like oh well he had business like no Mm-mm. they're gonna be like really on a fucking saturday well and it's also one of those things of like this isn't my day i don't need to be drawing attention away from the bride and groom this is not my fucking time yeah well and the the power behind you know bringing ama is that she doesn't come to these things right they, right. Yep. they talk about that and and so like everybody is like fuck well and there will be no questions for astrid right. about where michael is mm-hmm. and it's like that was a baller power move on astrid's part to be like look ama this is what's happening will you come with me mm-hmm. and ama's like i i hate and love her at the same time like clearly ama is kind of a bitch but, but she's also grandma. But she's also grandma, and she does those things for her grandkids. Like, she totally showed up for Astrid when she needed her to, even though she doesn't come to these things, because she's at a very advanced age at this yeah. point, and I'm sure it's difficult, even though she is very wealthy, I'm sure it's very difficult for her to, you know, do these things. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that is another good thing about this movie, and I'm sure about the book, if, if we read it, is... The characters aren't all one note. I mean, some of them are like Eddie is just Eddie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, some of your bigger characters are not just like one note. You have a ma who has moments where you hate her and moments where you love her. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and, and and also to that that point, with, I think that had this private investigator not found out this information about Rachel's dad, mm-hmm. um, Ama would have won out on saying, well, I like Rachel, so that's the end of the story. That's the end of the conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because everything that Eleanor does is to put Nick in the right position for Ama to approve. Correct. And yeah. and so I think that they did have to have an obstacle there like mm-hmm. that in order for it to happen. It couldn't just be that Rachel goes, you know what? Your mom is crazy. I'm out. That wouldn't have been enough. No. Yeah, no. And I think it also gives Eleanor an opportunity to come around because if she didn't have that interaction with Rachel and then, you know, her talking to Nick later when when he got the ring, 
she would have just stayed bitter and cranky and not liked Rachel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This gives her an opportunity to understand her more and to Mm -hmm. learn to actually enjoy her because she never actually had anything against her as a person. No, it was just the fact that she wasn't from there. Yes. She was an outsider. She was an outsider and she didn't think that that's what the family needed. Mm -hmm. I also don't think that there is even one moment until the brief moment where Rachel and Eleanor catch eyes at the Nick and Rachel engagement party Mm -hmm. where Eleanor is not performing. She is always on. Yes. Because if if Amas sees a single moment of weakness Mm -hmm. or somebody else sees it and reports it back to Amas, like, I think that that's been her life since she married into the family. Yep. Absolutely. She even gave up. She was going to school to be a lawyer. Yeah. And she dropped out of school when they got married. Mm-hmm. Well, and you can see it in the way that she reacts to everything. Everything has a beat before she speaks. Mm-hmm. And there is not a single word that is not thought through before it comes out. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a harsh way to live. It is. Yeah, it is. Masking constantly is exhausting. Ooh, yeah. Ain't for me. Uh, I'm here to offend. <laughs> here to wrinkle. So just to add one final little cutesy the way he proposes and the reactions on the plane. Yes. Mm-hmm. I fucking I, love that lady. I'm a big fan of the, the supportive lady. And oh, she's yeah. just a random lady on the she's plane, too. She's just a random lady on the plane. And she's like, yes, she will she marry will you. Marry you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, I love you so much, ma'am. And then she like she's high-fiving Rachel's mom. Mm-hmm. like. That's the thing. Us introverts, we need extroverts in our lives for those moments. Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> yeah. every introvert is like, no, uh, don't take a picture of me on this plane. Do not involve me in this proposal. <laughs> I love that he's just like, when he's proposing, he's like going around and like helping mm-hmm. people put things in and stuff, just trying to like get into the correct position to get near her even. <laughs> uh, that proposal is really when I just go, oh, Nick. I forgive you too. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> That's correct. Yes. Yep. Also, that is so much more of an exciting proposal to me than like one of those big bombastic ones. Like mm-hmm. somebody who's just like, listen, no, listen, 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 ma'am. <laughs> I need to marry you. Right. I need you to understand that I need to marry you. <laughs> and like he knows he has the trump card all along because the second he opens that box, she's going to understand that. The fight with his mom is over. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if he would know that because he wasn't there when her mom, his mom, Eleanor, explained the ring situation. Was he? He was. He was sitting next to her at the table. Oh, I don't know but... if he fully understands, but I think that he understands to the extent that uh, probably Eleanor said, if you propose with this, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm pretty yes. sure that conversation would have happened of like, give her Which, this. by the way, is very much a... Um, a huge olive branch, also kind of a um, sacrifice on Eleanor's part because it's not like her husband is dead. No, but the, Nick's the father's men alive. are severely unpresent in this oh. in this entire movie. Yeah, and I, I assume it's true in the book as well. Yeah. Um, the it like I said earlier, I, this very much felt like a love letter to moms, even mm-hmm. when they don't do it perfect, because. Yeah. There is, there's not a single father in any of this. No. No. Not, none of it. Um, and I, I think Unless that's you count Michael and I don't. No. 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 
or or his cousin um with the yeah. children the wife that hates him and they have their children too but like but There's, he's he like Eddie. he's a father to yeah. them in literally name only. Like yeah. right. as soon as they get done taking that picture, he's like, Okay, nannies, take them away. Yeah. I don't want to deal with that. Um Well, and even the absence of fathers in Rachel's case is mm-hmm. an entire plot point. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and and the power that mothers have over us because there's that wonderful moment where they're all making the dumplings, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're they're joking about like, you know, what their moms did and their, and what they didn't do and yada 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 but mm-hmm. like no conversation about dad Mm-mm. yeah no nope. the only time dad's brought up is to say well like when business calls he goes yeah right. that he's not here when business calls he goes and it's like oh well, that's kind of bullshit mm-hmm. but yeah it, it really is a big sacrifice to her because she essentially is giving up her engagement ring while her her she's still married to her husband you know and this very thoughtful engagement ring that he gave her because right. he had made for her when Ama wouldn't give him the family ring mm-hmm. and so i just that's really touching to me that she even though her husband is not passed and everything she is willing to give up her engagement ring to give to her son to propose right yeah that's a sweet sentiment to end on it, it is, is a sweet sentiment yeah. to end let's on. wrap it up let's, let's do this Okay, so let's get into some ratings. Talk to me about your romance rating and why is it like a four or five? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it a 4.5. Same, same. Yeah, I'll yeah. round it out. It's yeah. The romance in this is really lovely. It is. I, and honestly, I like it more, I think, because they're not a new relationship. They've been dating a long time. I like their relationships. The little like, ooh, hubba hubba thing that oh my God. cracks oh, me adorable. up. Like, oh, just they're so fucking cute. And even when they mess up, they, like, they usually have a conversation. Like, mm-hmm. even when she needed time, he gave her time. He got her, her her mother. And then they had the conversation. Yeah. um, This really does a good job of showing a different side of romance than the typical, like, we just met and we're in love. And I, and I like that a lot. Yeah. Yes. So there is no spice, so we can't do a spice rating. But what about a comedy rating? How much did you laugh? Well, they did, I think, join the Mile High Club, but we don't get to see it. They did join the Mile High Club. Yeah, we don't get to see that. That's like a really... Does it really count if you're in the, like, first class of first class? Would they actually have a bed? Yeah, and you're not, like, in the bathroom just trying to handle the turbulence. I don't know if it counts. Um... (laughs) 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 <laughs> we're talking comedy rating yeah um i give it a three yeah that's kind of what i was leaning towards i could be bought into a three i was leaning more to like like to like a 3.5 but i don't know there's a lot about a lot of it that's more heartfelt than comedic, yeah there's you know? it, it touches my feelers a lot yeah all right all right we can go with a three <laughs> what's your overall rating i give this like movie like a four i really like this movie I also give it a four. Yes, four. Um, is it one that's going to become like a comfort movie, like a, like a big fat Greek wedding sort of situation? No, because there's a lot of lot more. It's like a more intense version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of that, mm-hmm. right? Um, but is it one that I would happily watch once a year? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of a. It is actually kind of a comfort movie for me since I've discovered it. Mm. I every now and then I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna fucking watch Crazy Rich Asians. That makes me happy. I get a good giggle. It makes me cry. Mm. It touches me. Hits me in the feelers just right. Didn't crack too strong. To be fair, I'm a wiener. 
when it comes to emotional <laughs> shit in movies here. and books. <laughs> books make me cry so bad, and so do movies. It's so bad. It's so easy. Uh, it's got to be a precise set of circumstances that intersect. Anyway, so what are your <laughs> recommendations then? If you liked this movie. Uh, so I, I can only partially recommend this because I haven't gotten too far into it. But um, a show that I've been watching recently is called Fresh Off the Boat. Oh, yeah. I like that one. Um, and it's, it's got uh, our Rachel is a, a lead character. Or, actor who plays rachel wow i don't know why i said that in a way that didn't make any fucking sense (laughs) the actor who plays rachel um is one of the leads in the show and does a great job oh okay so yeah what about you Liz? i think it's cheating to say my big fat greek wedding but that is definitely (laughs) the one yeah fair enough and then i think i i will say the proposal just because the like getting thrown into a like completely unknown family dynamic and situation and having to like ride that out really happens with with that movie so this is a little weird one um the divine secrets of the yaya sisterhood oh is there it, it's more because there's a lot of like family dynamic situations and everything and they have the like big group of people that have all like been raised together and all mm-hmm. are all up in each other's business constantly and the power of the matriarchs. And the power of the matriarchs. They're, you know, they're all, it is mom love. It really is in that movie too. And it is very emotionally ripping apart, but. That is one of my, my comfort movies. I fucking love that movie. Um, But yeah, it's just, just a lot of family dynamics and stuff and kind of learning how you have to deal with certain things. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I mean, I know it's completely different circumstances but kind of rings similar a little bit in that no i feel that yeah i can i can see what how you you got to that place um i will say the book is also very good i have the second one haven't read it it yet but that one's called little altars everywhere Mm -hmm. um so uh if you're looking for a read that's like it's a little bit of romance but it's not really Mm -hmm. you know it's like the movie it's it's not really the point yeah Mm -hmm. um uh, it's a good read and it's quick. Oh, I have that audiobook. But uh, yeah. All right. Okay. Should we wrap this shiz up? We'll wrap it up again for the second time. Uh, so. Thank you so much for listening, folks. If you liked this episode, please, please let us know on our social medias. You can find us at Wrong Dust Jackets or Wrong Jackets on Twitter. Um, or you can find our website at wrongdustjackets.com. Please give us five stars on the Apple Podcast or the Spotify or the Google Podcast. Let us know any of your thoughts and feedbacks and reviews and the whatnot. That's all we got. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye.